You're listening to The Sick Room Show, episode number 120. In this episode, I'm speaking to Viveka von Rosen about content marketing on LinkedIn. Welcome to The Sick Room Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Viveka von Rosen, who is a LinkedIn expert, author, and a speaker. For some online entrepreneurs, LinkedIn is a better platform to acquire clients than Facebook, especially when you sell high-ticket coaching or consulting. Viveka shares how you can tailor your content marketing to get more clients through LinkedIn. You'll find links to Viveka plus show notes of this episode by going to signal.com forward slash 120. I am so excited to be here with Viveka von Rosen, who I met in Boston at Inbound, and we had such a nice evening together. Then, of course, I asked her, it's always when I meet (laughs) new people that I find fascinating and interesting, I ask you, would you like to come on my podcast? And I am feeling lucky that you said yes. Thank you for being on the show, Viveka. Absolutely. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So... We were talking about LinkedIn at the table, and that's typically what you're asked to talk about. That's, you know, your main business. Yeah, my main business. I've got the Twitter handle at LinkedIn Expert. So, you know, I have to prove it every day. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get a Twitter handle like that and Slack around the topic. So, yeah, I do a lot of teaching and training on LinkedIn for, you know, all size businesses, many types of businesses, too. How did you get into LinkedIn? I was running a business center at the time and we had a lot of entrepreneurs there. So I liked to bring them um, options as far as, you know, training and networking events and things like that. And I brought someone in to talk about Web 2.0. So this is like 2005, a long time ago. At the very end of this woman's presentation, she mentioned LinkedIn. I thought, oh, that would be a really cool tool for us to use, you know, at my business at the time. And then I just, I fell in love with it and the possibilities of it. And within a year, thank goodness, I was able to quit my day job and take on LinkedIn full time. (laughs) Yeah. And when did you start to do LinkedIn full time? 2007 is when I started my new company and really was able, like I said, to quit my day job. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's long. 10 years. 10 10 years is a long time. Yeah. A little over 10 years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's been a long time, but you know, it's always changing and social media itself has changed so much and how we use it has changed and marketing and sales techniques have changed and it's keeping me busy. <laughs> yes. Yes. You need to stay on top of it when you are kind of teaching something that changes a lot. Exactly. Exactly right. Well, the question I get from my clients is also LinkedIn, like the, yeah. there's a question mark. There's a big question mark yeah, about yeah. LinkedIn. We all know Facebook because that feels like right. I almost live inside Facebook, I yeah. hate. <laughs> but I have to make a little extra effort to yeah. go to LinkedIn. And then I'm wondering what I'm doing there, or my clients are also wondering what they're doing there. And does it bring anything? Exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly, yeah. right, right. <laughs> So what do you say to that question? Yeah. So the thing about LinkedIn is it's business focused. And I think where there's some pushback, it's not fun. So you're not going to live in it. 
because it's not fun. You know, it's business, it's work, but that's actually the benefit as well. So you're not going to go in there and waste a whole bunch of time. You're going to go in there to do business. I think one of the misconceptions more in Europe than in the U.S., but still in the U.S. as well, is that LinkedIn is just a recruiting tool. It's only for job seekers. And of course, it's so much more than that and has been for about the past 10 years. And so what one has to realize is LinkedIn is just a networking tool and treat it as such, right? You use it to find, connect, and engage engage with your key prospects, whatever prospect means to you. If you're a nonprofit, it's donors. If you are a small business owner, it's clients. If you are selling widgets and gidgets, it's consumers. You know, if you're looking for employees, then, you know, you could certainly find employees, vendors, strategic partners, all of that. But your prospects are there. And so you want to use LinkedIn, first of all, to create a strong personal brand so that when people come to your profile, that they're attracted to you and they actually want to do business with you. And then secondly, you want to use LinkedIn to build that KLT, that know, like, and trust factor so that when people go to LinkedIn and they see your profile and they see your posting and they see your articles or your videos or your media and they begin to you know, feel like they begin to know you and all of those things build credibility. So then they begin to like and even trust you. Then when it comes time for them to reach out to someone because they need someone like you, your name comes top of mind. Or when you reach out to them, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that name sounds familiar and they've got that positive sentiment. So when it comes to lead generation with LinkedIn, you know, you really do need those two factors. You need both the, the strong branding, but you also need to be sharing content that, and it doesn't have to be created content. You don't have to be a blogger or a vlogger or, you know, it's good if you are, but you could certainly repurpose that, but you could just share other people's content. You can be a content curator, but it's still, it engenders that positive sentiment. So when people think about you, they're much more likely to do business with you. And that's basically how it works. It's not rocket science. (laughs) It's true. It's not rocket science. (laughs) Common sense in hindsight. (laughs) It's common sense in hindsight. Exactly. Exactly. But you know why I have a job is because LinkedIn doesn't make it 100% obvious how to use it. And some of the most important features are practically hidden. So, you know, it's not a surprise that people kind of get on LinkedIn, play around a little bit and then go, ugh, forget it. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to go back to Facebook, even though their best prospects might very well be on LinkedIn. Mm. So what if I wanted to build up a good presence on LinkedIn as a small business owner? In terms of like, you you mentioned content marketing, whether I possibly write something on my own or share, like I want to have people think, of me in a certain context. Right, exactly. So what, what would that be the steps to do that? <laughs> right. So the first step is know what that context is, right? Because you have people who just want to, they, they don't even know what they want to do when they grow up. So while you can manipulate LinkedIn to support you in several different businesses, it's good if those several different businesses have something cohesive that you can use to represent you. So, you know, if you're a lawyer and you also sell makeup, it's going to be hard to use LinkedIn. But if you're very clear that you're a personal coach and a business coach, right, or you're a personal coach, but you're also a business consultant, or you're in marketing and sales, you know, those things are close enough that you can combine 
find them in your brand on LinkedIn. So first of all, know what you want to do when you grow up. And then secondly, know who your audience is. It's a common misconception that the more people I can serve, the better and the more successful I'll be in my business. But in fact, the more focused you are on your audience and who that audience is, and the more you can dial that down, female solopreneurs from the age of 40 to 60, that way, if you know who your audience is, you can really manipulate your LinkedIn profile to attract that particular type of audience in your background image, right? So on Facebook, it's the banner image at the top. On Twitter, it's the banner image at the top. On LinkedIn, it's kind of top and a little bit behind your photo. But with that banner image, you can use, you know, the branding, the colors, the font that your ideal client would find attractive. And chances are you already know who your ideal client is because your website is focused on, you know, your ideal client. So you just pull that branding into LinkedIn with that background image. And the same thing with your languaging in your summary section, in your experience section, even in your, your headline, that little section right underneath your name that basically most people do title at company, but you really have 120 characters to say, hey, you know, I help professional women achieve greatness through media or whatever it is, but you can really target your audience in that one little sentence, expand upon it in the summary section and expand upon it even more in the experience section. And then you can upload media that they'll find attractive, right? Video, pictures, PowerPoint presentations, PDFs, but helpful imagery so that your LinkedIn profile moves from being a resume that you threw up maybe seven years ago and haven't looked at since to a real resource. And as a resource, you start to engender that know, like, and trust, that KLT factor, right? So as people consider your profile to be a resource, they're naturally going to like you and want to work with you. And obviously, you want to upload a picture, too. I should have mentioned that piece. It needs to be a current photo, and it needs to be smiling and attractive and and as close in as you can get to your, you know, basically shoulders up because it's really small now. It used to be bigger. Now it's small. But the last thing you want is to, like, set up a meeting with someone or go to a trade show or go to a conference, and then you meet them face-to-face, and they don't look a thing like their image. (laughs) So, you know, because that all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, now suddenly I don't trust that person quite as much. So um, having that photo, but but all of those those branding aspects come together to help build trust. And then, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to just share other people's content, you can do that. You can use there's numerous tools out there, including LinkedIn's own pulse and its own timeline to find content to share. If you share one update a day even, it'll start to drive more traffic to your profile. But as we were saying, if you are creating content, if you're a blogger, if you're a podcaster, if you're a a videographer, if you're a photographer, you can repurpose that content in several different ways on LinkedIn Publisher, which is like their blogging platform, through their new native video platform, through updates. There's so much that you can do there, again, to just kind of engender that positive sentiment when people see you, see your content and think about you. Does this reflect somehow in search? Like if I'm putting content on LinkedIn and people start to search for something, what does come in the search? Yeah, sometimes it does. And both within LinkedIn and Google. So. 
your profile, of course, has very high Google rankings. So if someone's searching for your name, especially if you have a different name like the two of us do, um, <laughs> you know, our yes. LinkedIn profile is likely to show up before our websites, before our Facebook pages, before anything else. So as far as your brand and your personal profile, you've got to make sure it looks good because it's very, very high ranking. But the content itself, not so much the updates, although sometimes if it's a very unusual thing that you're talking about, an update might show up. But the published content, the long form posts or articles, that can actually show up in a Google search too. Not as much as something that you post on G+, even your website maybe, but if it's unusual, there is a possibility that that post is going to show up in Google too, which then brings people back to your LinkedIn profile. They read the content. Everything about you is right there because you've got a well-branded profile. And now they have a way of engaging with you too. And it's so much easier to engage for someone who's reading your posts or looking at your updates. It's so much easier for them to comment just right on LinkedIn. They don't have to jump through any hoops than it is, you know, even your own website. So what I tell people is when you're writing content, first of all, it's perfectly okay to repurpose it in both places. So if you're going to write a blog post, put it on your blog, but then you can also put the exact same content on LinkedIn Publisher yeah, really? yeah, absolutely. And there's no Google slap because it's still gated a little bit, right? Your publisher content is within LinkedIn. So it's a little bit gated. You have to be signed into LinkedIn to see it. So it's okay to do that. Now, you probably want to add more to your LinkedIn content. You know, any lead magnet that might be on the right column of your website, you'd have to put into the content of publisher. And you might want to add a bio in there, contact information or, you know, the contact us link. So you'll probably add even more content to LinkedIn. But once they're on LinkedIn, they can ask you questions, they can make comments, and of course, they can like and share your content. And once more people start sharing your content, now there's the chance that people outside your network will see it, where they might never, ever, 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 ever go to your website if they happen to be on the timeline, someone in your network has shared your content, they're like, wow, that's cool. They click on it. Now, all of a sudden, you have someone new in your community. So it's really popular. And some of my posts are getting, not a lot of them, but some of them are getting five, six, seven thousand 7,000 views. I'm actually getting too many invitations to connect. I'm getting too many followers right now, right? So just if building a community is important to your business, LinkedIn Publisher is a good place to do that. Yeah, it's a long-term game. So let's say I get started and I do all the right things that you suggested. And I'm impatient. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I, <laughs> exactly. and I know many of my clients are impatient. Let's say they've made a few uh, long form posts, they've done status update, they've updated the profile, everything kind of looks perfect, but still kind of, they're not getting the leads right away. What is a step for them to take? Can they be more proactive sure, in the lead generation? Absolutely. So obviously another real benefit of LinkedIn is their search engine. And with the new user interface, they took away some of the features, but they're slowly bringing them back in. And so you can actually get pretty specific when you're looking for your target prospects. So you can be proactive, absolutely. You can go out, find good prospects, and reach out and invite them to connect. Always, always, always personalize your invitation to connect. It's easy to do on the browser. Pretty much any connect button that you click on is going to give you the option of personalizing the invitation. On your mobile device, it's a little harder because if you hit connect, it just sends a default invitation. 
and which is yeah. really annoying. So you've got to click the top three dots. There'll be three dots to the right side of the person's picture of their profile. And if you click on those three dots, you can retroactively personalize the invitation. And by the way, Miss Queen of LinkedIn here, I do it too. I get on my mobile and I'm like, oh, I got to invite that person to connect. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't believe. I think I did it to you as a matter of fact. I can't believe I forgot to personalize that invitation. So you can go back in and, and personalize it later. So, But you definitely want to personalize the invitation. It's a much higher chance that people will accept it. And then you can start engaging because LinkedIn also has something called active status, which it's basically like when you're texting and those three dots are showing, it's basically, hey, that person is active on LinkedIn right now. So you can actually have text-like conversations very similar to what you would in Messenger on Facebook, which is great because the next step, of course, is, hey, do you want to pick up the phone or do you want to jump on Zoom or do you want to jump on Skype? And then all of a sudden, you've got an opportunity to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation, which is what everything that we're doing on LinkedIn is to get to that one-on-one -on -one conversation with your prospect. Yeah, but I guess for some people, it's a little bit fast, right? Yeah. So when I get a request like this, I'm like, uh, okay, I barely know you and you're yeah. going straight to the point. So how can we make it more acceptable, let's say, or not as fast yeah, for not everyone as, involved? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not as, well, and, and yes, thank you for bringing that up. When I say let's get to the phone, it's not like, hey, you don't know me, but let's get on the phone because I want to sell you something. Obviously, that's not going to work, right? So chances are, you know, you're not just doing LinkedIn and this is not brand new information to you. So chances are when you have a strategy in place when it comes to engaging with new prospects for the first time. So if you've got, you know, a funnel, an email funnel, you've got, you know, here's a free thing and then here's a $7 thing and then here's a $14 thing. And then, you know, so if you're like kind of doing that type of email campaigning or, you know, if you do Facebook ads or whatever. So you know already that you have to offer up something. You have to give a prospect something first before you ask something of them. So chances are you have at least one what we call lead magnet, right? So what I would probably do is, you know, hey, I noticed that you're a female entrepreneur and it looks like you do some speaking. My friend Andrea Vall did this wonderful checklist on what to use in your sizzle reel. And I thought you might be interested in that since you are a speaker. I checked out your website. You know, you've got a great one sheet, but I didn't see a sizzle reel. So here's a great thing from my friend Andrea. And by the way, since you're on LinkedIn, I have this ROI calculator and if you want to find out more about how to build your speaking business, check out this RI calculator, totally free. It is an opt-in, but always, you can always just ask me a question. You know, here's my name, here's my email, and here's the link to my calendar. And so you're giving, giving, giving. You're not just, oh, there's nothing worse than and I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has received from LinkedIn at one time or another, hi, do you want to connect? Yes, okay, I'll accept your invitation. Sales pitch, you know, and they get your name wrong and they get, you know, dear sir, well, hello, not so much a sir. And it would have taken you 10 seconds to look at my profile to realize I'm not a sir. You know, it, to show people that you're taking the time to look at their profile, that you've researched their profile, maybe even clicked over to their website, or you can use a tool like Nimble that pulls up a lot of their social insights so you can get direct access. You know, take a little bit of time with your prospects to research them. And then when you reach 
out to them and invite them to connect or send them a message or an in-mail, you reference that research so that they, not in a creepy way, not in a, hey, you're hot and I, you know, and I want to date you type way, because that happens on LinkedIn. But in a, you know, hey, I've, you know, you are basically my ideal client. I work with people like you all the time and I have free resources you might find useful. And, you know, thanks for much for doing this and, you know, would love to chat and connect at some point. So it's a little bit softer and you're leading with the give as opposed to the take. Does LinkedIn always rely on people going over to the messenger I guess because that's what we not necessarily do on Facebook. We can use Facebook ads and, you know, we can use those tools. So LinkedIn is really that one-on-one connection in the end. You're always trying to get there in the end. Of course, you know, LinkedIn has ads too. And of course, there's updates and communicating publicly through updates, just like you would on Facebook or Twitter for that matter, or Instagram for that matter. But yeah, in the end, you're always trying to get to that one-on-one conversation with people. In most cases, it depends what you sell. If you sell a widget, you know, a $5 widget, then go for the ads, you know. But if you've got a $15,000, you know, speaking contract that you're going after, yeah, you're going to have to go to the live conversation, or at least to the conversation on Messenger, but probably to the live conversation. What about video? I think we were just in Boston when video came out and not everyone had it. Some people had it and some didn't. And now it's been, uh, I don't know, a couple of months since. How is video doing or going on LinkedIn? Video is going great on LinkedIn. Yeah, I think everybody has it now. And in fact, when we talked, it was only on the phone and now it's on desktop as well. They've expanded. You know, you can have up to five gig video. It's up to 10 minutes. So there's a lot that you can do with video. Of course, the marketers are all over it (laughs) and the social media marketers. Like if you look at your timeline, it's pretty much only marketers using video right now because we're comfortable with it mostly. It's native. It's not live, although rumors have it that live is coming. It's only on your personal profile, although rumors have it that it's also, you know, moving into company pages as well. There's a lot of good stuff with video. If you do it well, or even if you do it mediocrely well, it can really give people a sense of who you are. And so if you're not in marketing and sales and you're using it, you're probably one of the few people in your industry who are using it. So it really can make you stand out. But what I I love it is it's like, no, this is me. I do look like my photo. You know, (laughs) this is my personality more so than will ever come across on paper. And here I am being helpful, sharing LinkedIn tips, giving information, interviewing people, you know, doing a product demonstration, doing a product review. So there's a lot of opportunity with video to promote something within your industry or within your business without it being skeezy and gross. <laughs> so what, what if you're not a marketer, let's say I'm thinking of some clients in mind, what would they put in their video? Did they have to be teaching something or can it be a product review or? Yeah, it can be a yeah. product review. So you're a lawyer. Right. So and yeah. actually lawyers bad because there's so many compliance issues. So you can't really be let's let's pick someone they else. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about lawyers or financial people. Engineer. Or doctors. You're an engineer. engineer. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you're an engineer. Um, and this is going to be hard for engineers because engineers generally are not comfortable with the camera or with people in general. Uh, and I, <laughs> I might be oversimplifying here, but you know who you are. But yeah, if you can get comfortable even a little bit with the camera and you're an engineer, maybe you're looking for a new position. Position. 
You could actually let people know that you were looking for a new position. Maybe you have just created a new product, a new process, a new service, and you're allowed to talk about it. Don't ever share anything. That's a company secret. You could talk about the process of that. Maybe you're at an engineering conference. You could interview other engineers, you know? So I say, you know, people who are not in marketing and sales, you're still going to use it as a marketing and or sales tool, even if you're an engineer. But yeah, there are, you know, maybe you wrote a new book or a new paper. You can tell people about the paper. Talk about what you're passionate about. I mean, my friends who are engineers, they're so passionate about what they do and most of us don't get it. And so if you can explain what it is you do in plain English, and you might have to work on it a little bit, but if you can explain what you do in plain English to the extent that people understand it, you could get them excited as well. And there's a lot of benefit in that. New jobs, you know, new grants. You could talk to, if you're a nonprofit, you could talk to donors and tell them why it's so important to give it this time of the year. There's just just a number of things that you can do with video beyond, you know, hi, my name's Vivica and this is the first time I've ever used LinkedIn video. And so I'm going to try and do a video now. And and here's my video on LinkedIn video, which is, by the way, everybody's first video is that. So (laughs) fortunately they disappear after 30 days. So Oh, yeah. That was my next question anyway. What happens to the videos? So they're just updates, right? I keep waiting for LinkedIn because LinkedIn's got a separate column for its articles and then it's got a column for your updates and then it's got a column for all of your activity. I'm waiting for them to come up with a column for video, but they haven't yet. So what I do is if I've got a video that is a good video and I want to kind of keep it alive and fresh, I'll save the link. I'll literally save the link on Google in a folder on my Google Drive or on my uh, Chrome Drive so that I can easily find that video and refresh it, you know, reshare it and refresh it. And you'll have to do that a few times probably, or otherwise it just disappears. I had a video, um, I was looking for like Justin Trudeau had an amazing video, the first video he ever did. He's the prime minister in Canada. I mean, everything about it was done right. And so I'm like, ah, this is so good. I'm, I want to share it over and over and over again. And for a while it went viral and then it disappeared and I went on his timeline and it's gone and I can't find it. So I'm like, ah, yeah, you have to save the links. And it's the, again, the top three dots on the update, there'll be a drop down. One of the options is copy the link or save the link and just save that link into a folder. Uh, favorites folder, name it appropriately, and then you can always find it until LinkedIn has that video column. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So even if it's gone from the timeline, the link will still work. I mean, mine have so far, and and I've got videos that are six months old, so. (laughs) What about company pages? Like, I think for solopreneurs, like, from my point of view, I don't see any point in having a company page because I am my company. You are your company, yeah. Well, if you're ever going to do ads, right? So if you're ever going to do ads, it's a whole lot easier to do if you have a company page. Think of it as a brochure. I mean, the fact is company pages will take you probably less than an hour to set up. They're free. And if you're doing, you know, social sharing anyway, so if you're using Hootsuite or Agora Pulse or Heroic Social or one of those social posting tools to like share updates, to schedule updates, you just throw your LinkedIn company page on there, your LinkedIn personal profile, your Facebook page, your Twitter, right? And so that takes no time at all and that will keep it populated. They're a little static. They're not nearly as good as Facebook pages. They're a little static, but like I said, the three benefits really of having a company page. 
First of all, it just looks better on your personal profile because when you have a company page, you can pull the logo over. So <laughs> it just makes your profile look better because now you can put your company's logo on your personal profile. That's not enough in and of itself, obviously. The second is for ads. If you ever want to run sponsored updates, it is so much easier to do if you've got a company page. And by the way, sponsored updates on LinkedIn are not as expensive as people think. They just do them wrong. And then third, you know, you do want to keep it populated because some people will go and find it and look at it and that will build your credibility. But again, you just add the company page to whatever social sharing tool you're using, if you are using one. And if you're not, when you share your personal profile, when you share an update on your personal profile, copy the link over to your company page and share it there too. So it'll take an extra minute and maybe once or twice a week, that's all you have to do. So it's not a whole lot of effort, but there is some payoff. There could be potentially some payoff. If nothing else, it looks better. It looks more professional and more credible. So basically, it's just a resource page. It's yeah. not something where I have to be active like no. on Facebook pages. No, no, not at all. If it was, that would be a whole other thing. In a lot of cases, it's a one and done type situation that you continue to feed. But the setup doesn't take any time at all. And for that matter, it's a little bit lazy, but you could just take the About Us section from your, your website and copy and paste most of that info into the description section, do a background image, call it done. Cool. So... Looking into 2018, as we are recording this end of 2017, do you know or envision some changes with LinkedIn or what are you most excited about LinkedIn? Yeah, you know, so last year this time we were all freaked out because Microsoft had purchased LinkedIn and, you know, everyone was a little worried that they were going to kill LinkedIn. In fact, Microsoft has only helped LinkedIn. They've got so many more resources. They've got people, databases, you name it. Microsoft obviously has a ton of resources. So my beliefs for 2018 is they're going to continue to make their paid solutions better. So Sales Navigator is going to be at least syncable with many of the CRM solutions out there. If what I just said sounds like total gibberish, let me move on. I do think they're probably going to bring video into company pages. They own Skype. Microsoft owns Skype. Microsoft owns LinkedIn. It makes sense to me that Microsoft would bring a Skype-like plug-in right into Messenger on LinkedIn. So because Facebook has it, obviously, already, you can make phone calls. Why wouldn't LinkedIn have it? It makes so much sense. So I have a feeling that could, I don't have any insider information. I don't know that this is true, but that could be a feature that LinkedIn brings in. Similarly, maybe they will come out with some kind of LinkedIn Live type feature that maybe you have to pay for it, maybe you don't. But again, they have the resources, kind of why wouldn't they? So I think they'll continue to add features, especially since they've got all of these resources I know already, you know, if you use, I'm a Mac person, but if you're a PC and use Office 365, there's already a lot of tools within Outlook that sync between LinkedIn and Outlook and now Nimble.com. So there's a lot of coolness out there. Um, I think they're just going to get better. I think the time for, you know, Jeff Weiner putting up the walls and really blocking our ability to use LinkedIn, I think Microsoft sees beyond those limitations. They're not so small thinking. So I think LinkedIn just continue to expand and get better. Yeah. Very excited about this. And it makes me want to, I think I haven't even published the note yet. I, there was something holding me back. Yeah, now yeah. I will. Yeah, yeah. Because there's on no, this discussion. yeah, yeah. There's no Google I slap. Just copy a blog post. <laughs> just copy yeah, a blog no post. Yeah, there's no Google slap. So it's perfectly safe to do that. <laughs> 
Okay, so that's the action point where anyone listening, take your blog post, put a published note. If you take only that from this exactly. <laughs> discussion, <laughs> then do that. Then a company page. That makes sense too. Perfect. Good. Good. My work is done. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My Thank pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show, Vivica. I'm looking forward to see you. Where are you speaking yeah, next? Uh, social media. Mar well, all over the place. But are you going to Social Media Marketing World this year? Yes. All right. Yeah, we'll see you there course. in February. End see of February there. in San Diego. We'll see you there. Team Red. Team, Team Red. Red. We'll there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Ready to turn your passion into profits? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to stigma.com forward slash 120. There you'll also find links to Viveka and show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.